This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit on 7 to 9 a.m. Visit us on www.kpulpit.co.za. Christian Perspective on the News. And we're heading off to a time with Dr. Peter Hammond, the founder of Frontline Fellowship, the Reformation Society, Africa Christian Action, the William Carey Bible Institute. Good morning, Dr. Hammond. Such a special day. It's great that we can uh, spend time with you on the radio. It really is. Uh, thank, thank you so much, Brad. Yes, this is the most solemn and serious day in the Christian calendar. And as we remember the atonement, as we remember the sacrifice of Christ, and remember the centrality of the cross, uh, the Apostle Paul uh, said that uh, I made up my mind to forget everything except Christ and Him crucified when I was amongst you. Mm. And this is at the heart of the Christian message. And uh, we need to consider, as we might see the crucifixion of our Savior depicted by the passion of the Christ film, uh, we need to ask, who killed Christ? Who's responsible for the sufferings of Christ? And firstly, do we blame the Roman soldiers? Well, certainly they crucified him. And they were obeying orders, however. And surely, though it was the Roman governor Pontius Pilate who was responsible, he alone had the power to enforce the death penalty. He was the one who was the magistrate of the Roman Empire. And he declared... I find no fault in him. I find no fault in him. I found no fault in this man concerning things which you accuse him. And yet, despite having three times declared Christ guilty, Pontius Pilate bowed to public pressure and condemned an innocent man for political expediency and popularity. It was a meaningless gesture for him to public wash his hands and to declare I'm innocent of the blood of this just person that you see to it. How hypocritical he was the Roman governor, and as the highest magistrate in the land, he had declared, having examined him in your presence, I found no fault in this man concerning those things of which you accuse him. No, neither did Herod, for I sent him back to you, and indeed nothing deserving his death has been done by him. Mm. And the scripture makes it clear in Proverbs 17:15, he who justifies the wicked and he who condemns the just, both of them alike are an abomination to the Lord. But what about the mob of people in the streets? They were the ones who persuaded Pontius Pilate to condemn the Lord to death, mm-hmm. screaming, we have no king but Caesar, released Barabbas, crucify Christ, crucify him. His blood be upon us and upon our children. And isn't it also the religious leaders mm-hmm. who initiated the arrest and the trial of Jesus? It was these religious leaders who had incited the mob to scream for Barabbas to be released and for Christ to be crucified. And there was one named Barabbas who was chained with his fellow rebels who had committed murder in the rebellion. But the chief priests stirred up the crowd so that they should rather release Barabbas to them. And they were insistent with loud voices that he be crucified. And the voice of these men and of the chief priests prevailed. So Pilate gave sentence that it should be as they requested. So he released him, the one they requested, who for rebellion and murder had been thrown into prison, and he delivered Jesus to their will. Exodus 23, verse 2 says, You shall not follow a crowd to the evil, nor shall you testify in a dispute so as to turn away many to pervert justice. And that's what happened. And to consider that in that crowd, there could have been people who had been part of the crowd singing Hosanna, blessed as he comes in the highest on Palm Sunday just a few days before. Hmm. There might have been some people in the crowd whose 
relatives had been healed or fed by Jesus when they multiplied the loaves and the fishes. So do we blame the Roman soldiers, Pontius Pilate, the governor, the mob of people, the religious leaders? But, of course, it was also Judas who betrayed Christ for mere silver. Judas was one of the Lord's trusted 12 disciples, but the treasurer became a traitor. The apostle became an apostate. He kissed the door to heaven, but within the same night he was in hell. It has been common for Hollywood productions to deal very sympathetically with Judas. But the Bible is clear that Judas was greedy, treacherous, dishonest, and hypocritical. And the Bible clearly states that Judas Iscariot betrayed Christ. Judas asked the chief priest, what are you willing to give me if I hand him over to you? And the Bible records that the chief priest was delighted at Judas's treachery. And although Judas was the treasurer of the twelve, and he claimed concern for the poor, the Bible reveals that, in fact, Judas was a thief stealing from the funds of the Lord himself. Wow. Uh, Judas, uh, at one point in John, is recorded as saying, why was this money, why was this perfume not sold and money given to the poor? And John adds that Judas was not concerned for the poor. Judas was in charge of money bags, and Judas was a thief. And so far from Judas being a well-meaning victim of circumstances, as some Hollywood productions portray, the Bible is very clear he was a malicious traitor. John's Gospel states clearly then Satan entered into Judas. So Jesus was betrayed by Judas. Yet, was not God's will that Christ suffered and died on the cross? Because in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus prayed, Father, if it be your will, Take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. So that brings us to having to ask, was it not actually our Lord Jesus Christ himself who was responsible for his own death? The Lord declared, I lay down my life for my sheep. I lay down my life. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of myself. Our Lord Jesus Christ was not a victim. He was not a martyr. He was a willing sacrifice. He was an atonement for our sins. He could have put a word, obliterated Jerusalem, and he could have called on 10,000 legions of angels. He could have wiped out all of his enemies in Jerusalem and for that matter in the world. Uh, at a moment, if he had so chosen, he chose to lay down his life. So in the final analysis, was it not your sin and my sin that was responsible for the sufferings of our Lord Jesus Christ, his atoning death? It was for my sins that he suffered and died. In Isaiah 53, we read that he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed. He was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before chariots is silent. So he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment. But who will declare his generation? For he was cut off from the land of living. For the transgression of my people he was stricken. He bore the sin of many, and he made intercession for the transgressors. Isaiah 53, written 600 years before this incident, plainly a prophecy of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible makes it clear that our Lord Jesus Christ is the parcel of the Lamb. He is our sin offering. He is our atonement. And when Christ, the perfect Son of God, the Lamb without spot or blemish, shed his precious blood on the cross, 
It was a substitutionary death. He died for us mm-hmm. in our place, the innocent for the guilty, the just in the place of the unjust. Today, many people presume to sit in judgment upon Christ, but the day will come when each one of them and each one of us will stand before the judgment throne of Jesus Christ to give an account of our lives to him. It is appointed unto men once to die, and after that, the judgment. The question is not so much, what do you think of Christ, but what does he think of you? The question is not so much, what will you do with Christ, but what will he do with you? On the day of judgment, we will have to give an account of every idle word that is spoken, and even of the motives of our hearts. Now, I was converted on Easter uh, back in 1977, so... This year marks, uh, tomorrow, the 3rd of the 4th, will mark my 44th spiritual birthday. I was born again at age 17, and I was confronted the gospel. And shortly after that, I wrote this poem. He became like us, that we might become like him. He was rejected, that we might be accepted. He was condemned, that we might be forgiven. He was punished, that we might be pardoned. He suffered that we might be strengthened. He was whipped that we might be healed. He was hated that we might be loved. Mm. He was crucified that we might be justified. He was tortured that we might be comforted. He died that we might live. He went to hell that we might go to heaven. He endured what we deserve that we might enjoy what only he deserves. 1 John 4 verse 10 says, This is love. Not that we love God, but that He loved us, and that He sent His Son to be the propitiation of our sins. God is a holy God. His righteous standards are seen as law. We are sinful. We need to repent from our wickedness and place our trust in Christ. Have you acknowledged your sinfulness and failings before Almighty God? Have you thanked Him for dying on the cross for your sins? Jesus died for you. Are you living for Him? What a, what a stunning thing that you wrote and what a special celebration it is for you and for all who think about it and contemplate about what today really means. Thanks for your input this morning. We value it very highly. And if you want to listen to it again, listeners, you can visit our website, kpulpa.co.za. Click on podcasts, look for the channel Christian Perspective on the News, and you'll find the freshest one at the top of the pile, which will be this morning's one from Dr. Peter Hammond, the founder of Frontline Fellowship, the Reformation Society, Africa Christian Action, and the William Carey Bible Institute. Thanks so much, Dr. Hammond. Have a peaceful and beautiful and safe Easter weekend. And thanks for your time this morning. Amen. Thanks so much, Brad. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit on 7 to 9 a.m. Visit us on www.kpulpit.co.za.